This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hey guys. Hello, friends. We have a griggity great show for you today. <laughs> we are going to be talking aging. I don't know if that's great, that part, but it's going to be a great show where we talk about it happening. And none of us want to do it. I'm going to give the yoga standpoint and say it's great if you have the opportunity to age because that means you're growing old. Less. But we're going to be talking about dealing with aging parents as part of it. Plus, we're going to talk about shit we buy as we're trying to run away from looking old. So it's like the old show, but in two different ways. We're looking at getting old. <laughs> and as always, we have our hashtag swag bag. But up next, kicking shit. I'm going to start with my shits, which is in trying to get my daughter to say the tits and the shits enough times to get it recorded. I have now taught her to say tits and shits, and she says it all the time. So she started to say, I'm going to kick you in the titties. So she'll say it all the time. She'll say, I'm going to kick you in the titties. And I believe when she said tits and shits, I said kick in the titties. I think one time she was kicking me. I was like, don't kick me in the titties. And now my child is like the Andrew Dice Clay of (laughs) two-year-olds. Can I... Can I tell you that my son, longtime listeners know my son is a big fan of The Weeknd. And he loves that song, Save Your Tears for Another Day. But he goes, Mama, can I say Blown Up Wood in the song? And I was like, What do you mean? And he's like, Save your tits for another day. And I was like, Those are not the words. He goes, Yes, those are the words. And I was like, Why would he say that? That doesn't even make sense. Those are not the words. Listen, I'm never going to save my tits. I'm going to spend my tits like they're going out of style. Spend them. But my kid just, for some reason, thinks the weekend singing about spending your tits. Side note yesterday, I asked our babysitter, Bianca, what her favorite music is. And she has the exact same musical taste as Seba. She named basically all of Seba's favorite bands. Yeah, that's not surprising. Sebi is basically like a Gen Zer in a in a three year old's body. I was like, you and Seb are really gonna get along in music tastes. You guys are great, right on the money. And he also loves TikTok songs, so he'll just like randomly go like, oh no, oh no, oh, <laughs> oh no, 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 no. <laughs> and that's because you are addicted to TikTok. Who isn't? I mean, you and I both, man. My tits are today. I taught at a brand new yoga studio in person. Well, this yoga studio isn't brand new; it's brand new to me. Yeah, how'd it go? It went really well, and I feel. A little bit like old Carrie. (gasps) What a feeling. I feel like, hallelujah. I like walked in, I taught. I like did what I love to do, which is nerdy alignment, teaching people to find a feeling in a pose that they've never felt before or have it modified for them in a way that's accessible. And then I shopped. They had a yoga trunk sale and I shopped. Oh my goodness. And bought three new pairs of pants because I need to like recycle some of my old pants that don't, that look shabby delic. 
from so much wear. And then I came home and like came up to record and like I interacted with my kid, but I wasn't caught in a kid hole, which is different than a K-hole. And I got a lot of shit done yesterday. I'm like, what is this productive, slightly clear-headed person that I find in front of me who found joy in the beginning of the day? This is how I felt when Sebastian started school, except that it was totally new, you know, like that wasn't a something yeah. we really did. But I'm waiting for the day where I get to, like, get my bag together, run to make the bus in time, get on the bus into the city, and just, like, walk around the city with some earphones and listening to whatever the hell I want and, like, taking care of business. That's aggressive. I'm not, I don't know if I'm ready for that, but I can't wait for that day either. I had that day occasionally when my mom watches Luna, like, when I get my hair done. I'm not ready for it either, to be completely honest. You know, for me, I thought we weren't going to go back to normal life for, like, two or three years. But here we are. So I, I need to, like, kitty step into that but I am truly looking forward to that I just can't wait for more of that I felt that yeah. spark again where I was like oh this is what the soul of Carrie feels like I, I lost her for a little while oh so nice I'm so jealous I'm sure tomorrow it will be gone but I'm gonna hold on to this feeling I'm gonna hold on to the night hold on to the memories Richard Marks and just try to have this project me into the future yeah I mean hang on to it for as long as you possibly can Ride it. Ride that wave, man. How about you? So my tits are that Sebastian had his last day of school yesterday. That part is not the tits because he spent most of the year doing Zoom school. He wasn't in school till the last two months. And it really was just like such a great feeling that I understood finally parents who are like, oh no, summer. I had never, I never knew what to feel about that because I had never been in that situation. But the night before his last day of school, we got an email from the school saying that they're going to do a STEM camp for all of July. What does STEM mean? I couldn't tell you. Honestly, I think it's like science, technology. I don't know what the E and the M Entertainment. Yeah, I'm going to go with education and mathematics. I That might be a wild guess, but I think it's just like coding type stuff, you know, technology-based learning. They're going to teach a four-year-old fucking coding? Maybe he could do our SEO optimization. Yeah, he probably can eventually. It'll probably be like second nature, but it's more like at that level, like this and this lead to this outcome, I think. Okay. Don't hold me to any of this. My guess is as good as yours because guess what? I don't give a fuck what they teach him in this camp. I just am excited that for all of July, he will be in camp Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. And I can sit at my desk like I have been so used to. I can work out. I can sit at my desk, get some work done. It's going to be really nice, even though my plan for the summer is to not be home. So I'm going to still take him in and out as I please, but I'm very excited. My shits are... I don't think I have shits right now. Oh my God. I mean, it's not like everything is great and I'm riding some high. It's just like, eh, you know, shit's fine, I guess. I got nothing to complain about. Your shit should be that you haven't seen me in person for a little while. Yeah, okay, that's it. You won. Mm. <laughs> We're literally, people are tuning out of the show <laughs> as we speak. Lisa's not vocal fry. We might have that as well, though. I have a little bit of vocal fry, but whatever. Well, there you have it, guys. <laughs> Ashley has no shits. Oh, here's my shits. Remember how I told everyone my TikTok K-hole was parasites? Oh, my God. Okay, where are you going with this? Yesterday, I took a poo. It may or may not have had a parasite in there, but I haven't been taking anything. And I was like, is that a worm? Oh, boy. I expected worms to be like that snake on the river swimming around. Have your dogs ever had worms? Because it looks the same. When I was really little, so I don't really remember. It 
it looks like rice. Well, this was bigger than rice. Well, you're bigger than a dog, so. Here's the thing, like, you thought about having a parasite and for the first time ever you pooped a parasite? That seems a little. I don't, who knows? I don't know how parasites work. All I can tell you is apparently we all have them. And if you've been feeling sluggish, again, we are not doctors. Don't take anything that we are saying as medical advice. We're just simply reiterating what TikTok has told us. I don't know. I'm just, listen, because of TikTok, I'm scared of skinwalkers and parasites. Oh, another TikTok thing that you should know that I asked my doctor friend about. The earwax removal thing, you know, people need that earwax in there. Unless you actually have problems hearing, you don't need to have your ear holes that clean. It's like you need pubes. Yeah. We watched Luca last night, which is so, so cute. Very... Highly recommended. I think the like overlying message is really nice of that. Like you can be different and not everyone's going to accept you, but you are going to find those people and they're going to love you hard and want what's best for you. You mean they're going to be a part of the momtourage? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's momtourage, the movie, but about little boys. Wow, that sounded so creepers. That was terrible. Anyway, we don't eat McDonald's often. We do eat fast food often, but we don't eat McDonald's often. And he got like a Luca toy before we knew what Luca was. And Somehow the toy's gone missing, a.k.a. I threw it in the garbage. And he wants a Luca toy so bad that I was like, if you're a good boy, I will take you to McDonald's after I'm done recording with Aunt Carrie, and I'll get you a new Luca toy. And he was like, okay. (laughs) Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Let's talk about aging. Let's do it. Okay, so I came across this Slate article that was talking about aging parents, messy home care, like feeding elderly people, you know, real, real light reading. It is by Jamila Lemieux. For those of you of a certain age, I'm definitely getting towards that point. My partner, Lee, is at that point right now. You know, I'm in, I'm 43. My partner is 53. Although he looks 33. Anyway, uh, that was just, you know, for him. Because I I feel like I, I rail on him pretty hard on this podcast. So I'm just giving him some props where props are due. As your parents get older, shit starts to go wrong. Shit starts to go south. Like their houses get messier. They get disorganized. And this this specific article was talking about how it's not because your parents don't have money. It's not like they can't afford a cleaner. They either don't want a cleaner or it's in between cleaners or they're being stubborn about a cleaner. They notice that the refrigerator has like rotted food in it and they're not like paying attention to throwing out food. They're skipping meals and not feeding themselves well. And it's this weird period where they are independent enough, but they're not doing it well. Right. Things are starting to go. Things are starting to go. And I have experienced this with Lee firsthand pretty much ever since I first met you. It started to happen when we first met. Yeah. And Lee's parents, we had to move them out of their family home, this big majestic home. It had become kind of like a little bit of a hoarder situation, like a clean hoarder situation, but a hoarder situation nonetheless. Right. And similar to this article, It kind of started to happen when the beginning signs of this happened, and this goes along with what this article said, 
when this writer's grandmother died and the mom kind of took it kind of hard. And one of the things of anyone who's ever watched the TV show Hoarders is that a lot of times the death of a loved one will start a kind of process of not wanting to let go of things. See, I do not watch Hoarders because it freaks me out and I did not know that. Yeah. So lots of times, usually there's some penchant for collecting or something already, but then the loss of someone really important, it's like some switch gets turned on in the head that says, I can't lose anything else. And it might first be that you want to hold on to the things that either that person gave you or their own belongings. Right. But then it continues to not wanting to like get rid of things like wrappers to candy and stuff. It's like this weird trauma sadness switch that gets triggered. Yeah. That kind of happened with, with Lee's parents. And again, they also had the means and they have the help. It just is this weird region where it's like, Unless they want to put themselves in a facility with other older people, like my other set of grandparents wanted to, they were like very social and they're like, we want to be with other people and kind of play tennis and golf and move, you know, I guess into like Pleasantville, like a community that's mostly older people, but not necessarily. Not necessarily like an old age home. Right. And some of these facilities have like a connection with an actual old age home. So you can just move from one to the other, or you can have different services that come into your home that you own and run yourself, like meals that you can get in. So there's this weird region where it's like, your parents are definitely not thriving. And she talks about the embarrassment of not wanting to bring her partner there and also not really wanting to stay there either because it's unhygienic. Yeah. Yeah. And being like a little bit scared for her parents because it's unhygienic. The food is rotting. They're not taking care of themselves, but they're also kind of able to take care of themselves. So you can't just like push them into a home if they don't want to. It's interesting because, you know, my grandmother, my mom's mom passed away last year, unrelated to COVID. She had had dementia for quite some time. um, And it was really accelerated by trauma to the head. She got, she had an accident. She fell. She hit her head. And then it basically was just downhill from that accident. Right. And that was probably about five years, six years before everything happened. But, you know, all those years before that, she was so headstrong and so stubborn about being independent, living on her own. She was a stubborn ass lady, you know, and young and old. Yes. That was her personality. Yeah. And she definitely was older. Like she had my mom where my mom had me very young. My grandmother had my mom older. So, I mean, she was not just about 90 when she passed. So I guess for like 10 years before that, it was kind of like that, you know, like she things were really dirty. But, you know, my grandma was kind of always like she hated cooking and cleaning. So it was never like her house was like a spotless house. So we just thought, oh, she's she's getting older and she just cares less. And I think we didn't realize that really what was happening was she was suffering from these early signs of dementia and we just didn't know. We didn't realize. But like her, you know, towards the end before she had to move into a home, it was very much like crap all like things were coated in yuck. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I never even, I didn't even want to go over to her house because it just felt gross being there. Yeah. Cleaning out Lee's parents' house and their house was really clean, like, because they have, you know, cleaning people. Just the amount of stuff accumulated. It was such a mammoth 
thing to undertake. And even now when we go visit them, we're always concerned about the amount of spoiled food in the refrigerator and them eating the wrong thing because, you know, any one little thing to an older person can really bring them down. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, my my grandmother was communist Cuba, uh, fled from communist Cuba, and she was like a typical Hispanic grandmother where like she reused single use water bottles until they were like eaten through. Yeah, that's how my other grandmother was, yeah. Yeah, like cookie tins held all her sewing stuff and like she would reuse the can't believe it's not butter plastic container as Tupperware. Yeah. My grandmother used to reuse the bag that bread came in and wash tin foil. <laughs> yes, and it, she would use it as like a Ziploc baggie, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, take your lunch and this. I was like, everyone's gonna make fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> this is off subject kind of, but I always wonder like what our thing is gonna be because of COVID. Like, our grandparents grew up in the, like, Great Depression and, like, escaped communist countries. Like, that, it it makes sense that those are the things they did. Like, are we going to hoard? Sanitizer. And are we going to, like, hoard toilet paper? Like, if we get down (laughs) to one Costco-sized thing of toilet paper, we're going to be like, I need more toilet paper! Because I feel that way about Lysol wipes now. I'm like, I, I have like 10 downstairs and I'm like, I need more. Every time I see them, I buy one. It's going to be like a mark. We're going to be like, oh, your hands. I see you've lived through. I see you have cracked knuckles. You must wash your hands all the time. Like you, You've lived through the pandemic, Lovato. Uh, <laughs> I stole that from another podcast. That's so good. good, though. I love you forever. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. The book that I loved as a child and now as an adult, I literally cannot read it. It's too it triggering. It brings me to tears every time. Uh, shout out to Nick, one of our co-producers or whatever we call him from Cafe Mom who loves this book. Nick, wait till you have kids and you might not love this book yeah. so much. It was like that and The Giving Tree. I sat in the rocking chair reading these to my kid and I was like, oh my God, why did I love these books? These are horrible. So in case you've lived under a rock and you don't know what I love you forever is, it starts out as a really cute book. With this mother saying, I will love you forever. The thing is, I love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby, you'll be. Right. If we're going to inform people, we got to tell them the correct thing. Then his mother gets older and he like crawls in through the window and checks on her like peeping Tom and shit. And then he has to carry her because she can't walk anymore. Just like she did to him when he was a baby. And then he's saying the same thing to her. And it infers that she dies. And then he goes home and does it with his little baby. And this cycle is reborn. And I want to kill myself. I know. It is so sad. You know, so here's the thing. Like, my family was always so against homes. My grandmother was always so against that idea. And as her health really declined, it was, and after that terrible accident, there was just no way for us to be able to take proper care of her. She needed to be in a home, and she needed to be in a home that was a part of a hospital because she was a fall risk. There were a lot of other underlying health things that were coming to. There was a lot of guilt for my mom, I think her brother, that she didn't want this, but there really wasn't another option. So, you know, that really prompted my family and I to talk about it. So I know what to do as an only child. I know what to do with them. That's what I was just going to ask. So what what are your parents' wishes? Because I think that some people don't talk about it because they think it's too morbid. But I'm a real, like, let's just get it out in the open. Yeah, I think you have to. And I also think that when people's health starts to decline and there's death, it ruins families. Siblings disagree. This is another reason why being an only child is good because then you don't yes. have a sibling to disagree with about this. Yes. I, I've seen siblings like that don't, 
talk anymore after a death because disputes about finances and property. And that is not what's supposed to happen when somebody dies. But my parents basically, they want to be home and they want to be together as long as they possibly can be. If they can be home and a nurse helps take care of them. But once my mom and dad both say they just don't want me to wipe their ass. Like they Mm -hmm. don't want me to be in the, the situation where I need to wipe their ass. Got it. What if one gets sick, then a nurse comes in so that they don't have to be separated? So the big thing is don't separate them. Yeah. I mean, I think if it comes to a point where they need the help, they need care, and there is no option, then it is what it is. But the lovely thing is, Matt jokes about this all the time. He's like, you and your mom are going to be Grey Gardens together. My dad is 20 years older than me. My mom is 19 years older than me. So (laughs) by the time they get there, I'm going to be in declined health as well. So right. Thank God for that. But yeah, I mean, it's like it's a hat and a short and a belt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the family. (laughs) I was trying to think of a a Grey Gardens quote. It's hard to keep the lines of something blurred or whatever that line is. What do you think? Have you and Matt had a conversation? What do you think you and Matt would want? Not about that, but I, you know, we've talked about what would happen if we passed. And, you know, basically everyone wants to be cremated. Me too. None of us see the sense in being buried and taking up more of the earth. And I want to be cremated and made into a tree. I think I want to be cremated and thrown into the ocean. But I don't want, I don't want Sebastian to have to hang on to ashes. You know, if he wants to hang on to them for a little bit, fine. But I want them to be disposed of, for lack of a better term. I can see Sebastian having your ashes made into a ring that he wears. Yeah, maybe. And if that's what he wants, I think really what I would want is, depending on who's left behind, if it's him and Matt, wherever they feel like they can go and visit me, wherever they are. My grandfather's ashes are in a mausoleum. And it's like, all right, well, if I move to California, I can't go see him or not that I ever do, if I'm being honest. But I would want somewhere that, you know, a body of water, you can go to the toilet, you could take a shower and feel close to somebody. (laughs) You know what I mean? I've never never felt more spot on than thinking of you being cremated and me thinking about you when I take a shit. Like that is, (laughs) I feel like. That is, that body of water, I will just, I mean, I feel like that's really perfect, actually. And and honestly, if that brings you peace, if you think of me every time you're dumping and you just think, here's a little token of sacrifice for you, Ashley. It's like, I'm going to pour one out for my dead homies. Yeah, for my dead homies. I'm cool with that. Yeah, but I mean, listen, I don't want to be thrown down a toilet, but, you know, thrown in the ocean, any body of water, you feel like you're close to somebody, which is good for me. But, you know, I'm at this interesting point myself where my parents, up until two months ago, lived seven blocks from me. I'm an only child. I've been really, really close to my parents. Right now, my parents are living in my house slash upstate. Their house upstate finally closed. My dad is upstate more than he is here. And eventually, like, they're both going to be up there full time. And I know three hours really isn't that far, but it's... Well, it's a big difference from what you have now. Yeah, and it also makes me think about, all right, how often do we see each other? Am I expected, like, when life, when shit's crazy, am I expected to go up there once a month? I want to go up there once a month. Well, you know, sometimes things happen where things get too crazy and, like, there's not time. Like when we go on our world tour with Momtourage that we're manifesting. What if that happens? When I lived in L.A., my dad was traveling a lot for work, so he would be in L.A. a lot. My mom would come also, I mean, 
I saw my parents once a month. Either they, mostly they went out there, but I would come home. And this is the first time, and also there's now a grandchild. They have so long until their health starts to decline. But what happens in that scenario? It's just, it's a lot of things. And I think I've handled this move and this like life change pretty well. But that's the thing that like gives me anxiety and makes me scared when I think about it. This is like a weird thing to talk about on the show, but my grandfather died when I was like 13 or 14. Linda's dad? Yeah, he was a really bad alcoholic. So right. we're surprised he lasted that long. But he basically died from cirrhosis of the liver from being a long-term alcoholic kind of in front of us. So at home and I was there and I, I kind of witnessed when his soul left his body. Well, like when he expired and then I right. felt like his soul was still in his body and then it like left his body. And so although that seems like a horrifying thing for the 13-year-old to experience, it made me really okay with death. For whatever reason, it was like, oh, your body is different than the thing that makes you you. And although that was like a terrible thing to see, it made me like kind of okay with death. And my mom is an ER nurse and really does not want to be put in a home and has nursed every elderly person at her house, including my stepdad's father, who he was kind of estranged from. Right. When he fell ill, my mom was like, I know you're estranged from him, but we need to help him. And we home hospiced him until he died in our house. And then my grandmother, the same thing. We home hospiced her. But it was a unique situation because my mom is a nurse and can administer the kind of care that you would have in a hospital. Those people would have never lasted that long. And we could have not done that if my mom was not a nurse. Right. So what happens for Linda? She would like to ideally have enough money to leave me enough money to have full nursing care for herself. Okay. Ideally in my house with me. Yeah. But if my partner can accommodate that, she does not want to be put in a home. Yeah. She wants full-time nursing care. Same. It, my parents, it's like such a like last resort scenario. And she knows how expensive that is. And she's really made it so that that will be possible. Now, my mom and I have these interesting conversations. This is where it's going to turn for a second, kind of in a sort of funny way, but not. Lee thinks this is so morbid that we have this conversation. We're like, okay. Things if I go into a coma. So here's right. my non-negotiables. My mom, my mom's non-negotiables are: do not have them pull anything up around my neck. She needs to have her cleavage and her neck out. She just <laughs> feels claustrophobic all the time. She's like, do not let them pull the sheets up. Do not let cut the gown. I need my neck <laughs> exposed and open. Someone do my hair. It's okay if it's flat. Just someone do my hair. I need my (laughs) hair done and I need to have my socks on my feet. Put socks on my feet and make sure my neck is open and somebody do my hair and put chapstick on me. I was like, okay, my wishes are one leg out, one leg in. I cannot have both my legs underneath sheets. Keep one leg out, one leg in. Tuck the sheet so I have some air on my one foot, my other foot out. Two, do not put any repetitive noise on the TV. I cannot have, I hate repetitive noise. Let it be a show on lightly, but I hate repetitive noise. It kills me. I, I will go crazy. I will be in my coma being like, fucking turn it off, but no one can hear me. And please, please brush my eyebrows up and put some nail polish on me for Christ's sakes. Give me a mani-pedi. Do you want to know the sick part of all of this? What? I heard every single word you said, but felt all that you and I lost so many people in 2020 <laughs> to the point where you and I just laugh because it was just like one week us, me, one week Literally, you. we had a person die every week. There was like a two-month span, yeah, that it was just like, okay. And hearing that conversation, just like I started to have visions and be brought back to these things, and um, it was very triggering. It, I was laughing. I was taking 
taking it all in. I could see you went, you went dead behind the eyes a little bit. I got very triggered. I'm just saying I had a lot of people go into comas and then come out of them. So I have like a positive spin of it. And they tell me what it was like when they were in a coma. And my friend was like, your mom used to put chapstick on me every day. Thank fucking God. I remember that. So still triggered. I know you're still triggered. No, I think these are conversations people need to have. These are 100% conversation. I think everyone should know if you have a parent with multiple children, I think sit all your kids down at once and say, this is what's going to happen. Because, you know, you don't want a situation where your kids no longer speak to each other as adults because you left property to one person and the other people were upset about it or you left this to that person. And I see I've seen it happen so many times and it's disgusting. As hard as the conversation is to broach now. It's triply as hard when it's the time that it actually needs to happen. And feelings like I, you know, we all know the the DNR procedure for all of us in our house. Mm -hmm. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. All right. Before everyone gets triggered, should we move on to segment two? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I had read this article, didn't mention it. You actually brought it to my attention. I was like, yeah, I read it. I had mixed feelings about it. Yeah. So just Justine Bateman, heartthrob from the 80s. God, she is gorgeous. There was a, I don't know where the story first was. I think it was Glamour Magazine, but so many news sources have covered it because it was an article she wrote kind of to promote her book about aging. So I don't really actually know the original article. The source that I'm using is this one from Glamour. She was like a guest writer for a segment in Glamour about aging. The synopsis of the article, and please tell me if I'm missing something, is that She does not follow Hollywood beauty standards. She hasn't had any work done. She hardly wears any makeup, save for some black eyeliner, I think she said, and like a chapstick or something like that. And she uses a moisturizer sunscreen, and that's about it. And that she refused in the the Hollywood standard to adhere to those principles. And she never wanted to be a heartthrob. I gotta say it. She doesn't look that good. I wish somebody like... Like Diane Lane, I don't know if she's had work done since, but at one point she came out and talked about how hard she was fighting having work done. You know, if that, if it were a person like that, I just feel like this is not an inspirational person where you're like, like she looks like she's had a hard life. Mm -hmm. God, I am going to get so raked over the coals for this, but I just need to speak the truth. Yeah. This is not the example I want of not having work done. If this is my example, if this is the example we're showing people, people are going to run to their plastic surgeon. Well, let me just play devil's advocate a little bit here. The message of what she's saying, I'm 100% on board for. I'm like- Uh, 100, totally, totally. Like, go ahead, buck the standard. She didn't want to be a sex symbol. She was kind of like an accidental sex symbol. She kind of shied away from it, whatever. And she has kind of taken more of a backseat in Hollywood because she didn't like the standard. She's directing. Yeah, she directs now, right? So I like that because that's part of the reason why I also stepped away from the on-camera business is because I was tired of that. And I was like, maybe I just don't want to play by their rules. I want to play by my own rules. So I'll either play by my own rules and get work or I won't. And then I'll just 
go to a different facet of the industry yeah. that I love. Because in general, my life, I'm not into playing by other people's rules. I'm just not. So go fuck yourself is basically what I told people that I should lose weight when I was 86 pounds. I was like, right. hey, go fuck yourself. So anyway, I like her message. But like, Agreed. she doesn't look fabulous in my opinion. No. So I was like less interested in the article. Because of that. Right. Correct. But it was interesting to just see how she forged her own path. I always like a lady in Hollywood business lady. Like, I like that. Honestly, it is really nice to hear the perspective of somebody in Hollywood who is fighting off the norms because of everything that you've said. Especially, I mean, I feel like a mom in Minnesota who has no aspirations to be on camera probably is not as motivated by fear in her career to get work done. Whereas you and I, we do on camera work. We both have backgrounds as actors and on, you know, hosts and all this other stuff. So there is an element of, I mean, at least for me, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but for me, I'm always wondering, do I do it or do I not do it? Do you know who actually is an inspiration to me in that way? Frances McDormand. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Frances McDormand also looks like she's lived a little. Yes. But for her age, she looks great. And she's never had any work done. She like late 60s? think so. And I've met her in person a couple of times and she really looks amazing, honestly. It's I mean, just Hollywood on camera and the fact that she's 63 years old. 63. I mean, she looks pretty good for 63. And, you know, it makes me laugh when she's on the red carpet because she don't give a fuck. No, she doesn't give a shit. She she's, don't even she give a shit. She shows up in like a schmata and some combat boots for the Oscars and she's right. just like, take me as I fucking am. And she keeps winning awards and she's great. Because she's incredibly talented. Sort of Justine Bateman and her look about the same age. Yeah. <laughs> but Frances McDormand looks really good for her age. Yeah. And like, I hate to be a cat. So she's kind of my inspiration for that kind of thing. And that she's not trying to be a leading lady, although she has been. She's a character actor. And it's like, I mean, it helps that her husband is a major director. That also helps. But she works without him all the time. It's, she's not working because Frances of her husband. McDormand's husband? Yes, is one of the Coens. Oh, no way. I had no idea. That's why she's in almost every Coen Brothers movie. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Got so it. So that was her kind of start. Now she's obviously so good and famous that it has nothing to do. But I'm sure that also helped that she was this gritty character actor and her husband was writing these great roles, you know? Right. So I was listening to multiple hours of Bethany's new podcast on my solo drive upstate, which let me tell that should have been my tits, was six hours of driving completely by myself, listening to whatever I wanted, windows down, air on, whatever the hell I yes. wanted to do, I could do. And it was amazing. That was like me driving the yes. U-Haul home from Fucking <laughs> magic is what that was. So anyway, I listened to a lot of Bethany Frankel's podcast. The podcast itself, I have mixed feelings about, but I liked it because I found it very inspirational. She talks to a lot of very successful people and you hear about their journey and all this other stuff. But she does this thing where she, the intro of the show is always strange. She doesn't even like say hello to the people listening, but that's besides the point. But she goes into this conversation about how she was at some event. She just turned 50. She was at some event. And somebody said to her, you haven't started to have work done? And she was like, no, I haven't. Which also, side note, I don't believe. That's a lie. She had her boobs done. That's plastic surgery. She admits to the boob job. But she says she hasn't had anything else done. But if you watch Early Housewives, she has these like quagmire jaw bones. (laughs) 
that have somehow disappeared. And I don't believe that happened without plastic surgery, but whatever. So she says that this person said you need to go to a plastic surgeon. So, you know, that's part of aging without it being very drastic. You know, the J-Lo method, as I like to think of it. So she goes to this, you know, big New York City plastic surgeon and the plastic surgeon tells her the same thing. At this point, it's already like starting to get too late. You needed to start doing little tweaks in your 40s for things to not be so terrifyingly drastic. So then she was like, so I'm telling you all, I might have work done. I've had my boobs done two times. Other than that, I haven't had any surgery. And her question for the audience was, people rip people apart for having plastic surgery, but would it be better if they just didn't lie about it? And I feel twofold about this personally. Like on one hand, Joan Rivers, Bubby, looked very plastic towards the yeah. end. An elderly woman, she looked very plastic. And it's the same with Dolly Parton. They didn't lie about it. They were very upfront about it. Does that take away that they look totally fake? No. Would I want to look like them? No. But I do appreciate the honesty. Also, pro tip, I think I've discussed this on the show. My plastic surgeon, who I've only gone to for consults, says you only have so many surgeries in your face. Right. You have like three, right? Yeah, major ones. Before your skin starts to lose its, like, elasticity and you get that, like, waxy, weird face. You ever notice somebody who's had a lot of injections, they have, like, crevices in their cheeks? Yeah, Yeah, because it moves and it, like— Yeah, like, even just watching the the Kardashian reunion, Kylie's cheeks have, like—this is a 22-year-old girl. They have, like, the little Lisa Rinna crevices in them where it's almost like that's where the needle was. You know, uh, one of our favorite things is— Instagram and TikToks where people try to guess yes. what surgery people's have done. Yes. People's, the people's. So I saw one today while I was taking a poop, if I'm going to be honest with everybody. My favorite <laughs> place to do my best research for the show. Blake Lively, best plastic surgery I've ever seen. This one doc. She had a nose job. Has she had more? He suspects that she had a nose job. She definitely had veneers or something put on because her teeth are totally different. He suspected, or she, I can't remember if it was a he or she, a tiny lip flip with tiny injectables in the lip just to cover her gum line, so nothing crazy. And this other thing called blaboplasty, which I have no idea what that is, but- Do you know what it does? I'll Google it right now so that the people in the show can know. I mean, if you look at her from Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, this has turned into who's had good plastic surgery. That's what this segment is now. (laughs) Okay, I'll tell you what it's not. Balanoplasty, which is the reconstruction of the penis. (laughs) I was like, well, I spelled that wrong because she doesn't have a penis. (laughs) Go ahead. I'm going to keep looking it up. I don't remember what I was going to say. I don't know. Would you tell people the truth if you had work done? I I mean, you got Botox on camera, for Christ's sakes, for the show. I, I would also tell the truth. I would be like, yeah, I had like. I would go Sonia Morgan and be like, yeah, I had a mini facelift. Well, I told people, okay, hold on, blephroplasty. I have thought about a nose job and still I, my for whole a long life. time, a long time. Yep. I, I'm done with it though. I've gotten this far. Oh, it's a re- oh, it's the lifting of the eyelids. She had her hooded eyelids lifted a little bit, but they still are hooded. So it's not a fox eye lift? No, it's like okay. this other little minor. Anyway. Got it. I have thought about getting a nose job forever in a day. My biggest concern was one, I've been poor a lot of my life. So spending <laughs> that money seems like a complete poor choice. I have broken it a couple of times. So some of it is functional, but it probably will not be covered by insurance. I like my old nose. I would really take a picture of my old nose before I broke it three times and be like, just give me this, honestly. Right. Because I want a big nose, but as I've aged, the like tip has gone down and from breaking it and stuff. You can also fix stuff like that with injections, just so you know. I know. 
Every surgeon I went to, uh, and I understand this now, but at the time that I was really looking at it, which was my late 20s, early 30s, when I was really thinking about getting this done, they were like, if we do this, we also have to do this to balance out the face. Yeah, too much. They really spoke like they were like sculptors or painters. So I like like that. They were like, well, if this, because you have to balance the face. Right. And I just got so scared about thinking about me being in my late 20s, early 30s and having more than just my nose done. I respected what they were saying about the balance of the face. Yeah, it's scary. It's surgery. They break bones and shit. And I come from a long history of nose jobs. My dad has a nose job. My sister has a nose job. Two of my cousins have nose jobs. I have been around the nose job block quite a bit. I know what it's like. I know, you know, all the things. So anyway, now that I'm getting older, I might consider it. I don't know, because hopefully I'll be more liquid. Again, manifesting a world tour for Montage. But also, I'm older, so getting other things done wouldn't be such a big deal as it would have been in my 20s and 30s. But I want a doctor that is going to do like a Blake Lively, which is like, I don't want a small nose. I want a big nose. I want a refined, big nose. Don't give me no small nose, you know? I would like a breast lift. I don't want implants. I've always wanted a nose job, but I feel like my nose- You have a great nose. I don't, I've never really liked my nose. But I understand, because every time I say I want a nose job, people are like, why? And I'm like, shut up, I want one. It's not my first choice. I think it like offsets my, I think if my nose were different, my face would be like a a dime piece. (laughs) But- That's good, guys. That's good. A dime piece is good. Right. For those of you that are don't know that. But also at this point, it's like, I, I accept my, I, I really do accept it. I don't even mind the wrinkles in my forehead or the little wrinkles. I mean, they're still little at this point because I'm only 35 and I'm in pretty good shape and I take good care of myself. What I don't love is I would love a breast lift. I don't want them to be bigger. If that means they're a little smaller, that's fine. I love little boobs. I think little boobs look fantastic on people. I just do not like the way my boobs hang. Yeah, I breastfed for so long. I call them orangutan tits. It's like when you look at an orangutan mommy and her boobs are pointing down and a little to the sides because she's been breastfeeding little orangutan babies. Pulling on them. Yes, just fucking gnawing on nipples. That's what I feel like. And it does actually make me not feel good about myself. Like, yeah. I, I used to think I had great boobs, and I just, even though no one really sees them, wouldn't it be nice to be able to, like, do the cute wearing a shirt thing without a bra? I would love to do that. My nipples get too sore for that. I wasn't even, I couldn't even do that in my 20s. Ugh. My nipples are very sore and present. Everyone should know I have very sore and present nipples all the time. Thank you. Now you know how my vagina smells and my nipples. You have sore and present nipples. I have orangutan titties. <laughs> we are just the boob couple. Anyway, should we talk about what our anti-aging yes. kind of things yes. are, our non-invasive things? You've done Botox. I've done Botox on the show, and I will probably do it again. I yeah. liked it. I don't want to do it all the time. I don't want to go from Botox to Botox, but I did well, really enjoy it. Well, because that does lead to needing a facelift eventually but like when you're older anyway. A good side effect of that was I get a lot of tension headaches and it got rid of a lot of my tension headaches. Mm. I think because I couldn't scrunch up that part of my face that often gives me attention. So that was like a plus. Yeah. Um, I bought the creme de la mer. We talked about last week or two weeks ago or however many weeks ago was not worth the money. So don't worry about it. I've done micro needling and I'm on a mixed bag about that. 
to be honest with you. I don't. I do mine myself. Yes, me too. Honestly, if I had the time, my night routine has gotten weird since Luna switching into a big girl bed because I just fall asleep now. So my nighttime routine is failing. But I would add microneedling every once in a while. It was okay. I do like the, like the next day I feel like my skin just looks plump. Like the collagen, like, you know, there's some extra collagen in there. I feel like it helps absorb whatever treatment I'm putting yes, on my skin. Yes, yeah. but I think that plays a part in the, like, plump. It's repair, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've gotten this amazing weird facial from my girl, Laura, who we've had on the show, that massages, like, the inside of your mouth and your facial muscles. It's like a facelift. And it does look like you have a stroke on one side of your face. She does one side at a time. I seriously am considering when I get my IRS check. <laughs> Getting that <laughs> light therapy mask. Oh, so someone I know on Instagram, I know her in real life too, but on Instagram, she just got the Dr. Dennis Gross one, which is always like the creme de la creme. And she says that she's loving it so far. And that I feel like that's like a $600 investment, but I hear very good things about that light therapy mask. There's a second tier version of, I'll send you the thing. It's like From that lady's se- YouTube video? 275 I think. Yeah. I sent yeah. it to you, right? Yeah. Well, we are affiliates for Pure Soul Beauty, and they have an 80-something dollar one. Cool. So There's also that wand that's like, you don't put it, but I think I'd want the mask. Yeah. I got to ask my girl, Lara. She'll give me, she's good too about high-low, but we should maybe try pure, that Pure Soul one. Yeah. Should I tell you mine? Oh, I, I have one more. Oh yeah, go for it. Go for it. So gua sha, but I've been lazy about it. And to go back to plastic surgery, my jowls really bother yes, me because I- me too. I've always had such a really clean chiseled jawline, like very sharp, I have a pointy sharp chin. And the gua sha results from that are pretty good, but I've been so lazy lately because I'm tired from my kid and get putting her to bed. I have not done it regularly, but people that do it like every day for two weeks, you can really see the results. So I'm hoping to not have to get any kind of thing done. I'm just going to gua sha once my kid's nighttime routine comes back. So I try to gua sha and also I have been lazy just in general. So I try to gua sha or facial massage, which if done properly is basically the same movement. And that maybe for some reason, like getting the paddle involved in doing all that. I don't know. There's like a, there's a stop in my brain. So maybe try the facial, the hand facial, but I do do think that that stuff definitely helps. I have a high frequency wand, which I've gone to like multiple estheticians who love high frequency wands. It's good for bacteria, right? Yeah. So it kills the bacteria, which is one of the things that the light mask does. It has, I believe it's argon gas inside. So it's basically like a neon metal wand. I got mine for like- Your argon gas. Yeah. I think I got it for like 50 or 60 bucks on Amazon and it was the exact one my esthetician told me to get. It's, it's like- what she uses, who's also been on the show. And it's really good if you suffer from cystic acne, which I did and I haven't really in quite some time. Knock on wood. Yeah, it really does kill cystic acne. And it's, I do see like line results. I did it on Matt and for his Father's Day facial. He really enjoyed it. I'm really liking the derma needling, which our friends, this is going to be my hashtag swag bag, but our friends at Pure Soul Beauty have a really nice derma needle thing that I just put on all my serums or whatever. If I'm doing retinol that night, whatever it is that I'm doing, my eye cream, pure argan oil, and I just roll the shit out of my face, and that's like- Oh, you do it after. I did it before. Oh, no, I think you're supposed to do it after so that everything sinks in. It, like, pushes it in. Oh, I always did it before I get- I don't know why. Oh. 
And I also do cryo sticks in the mornings where I need to depuff. I bought some too. I haven't used them as much. I actually sometimes use them on my neck tension, but. Oh, that's good. I have to tell you the best, best number one investment, and you and I both have one, is the skincare fridge. That's right. That was an Ashley told me to do it, and I'm very happy she did. I mean, tech, apparently keeping your products in the bathroom is very bad for your products. Like the fluctuating temperature can really like ruin the potency of all your skincare products. So keeping it in the fridge has been like amazing. So I keep my cryo sticks in there. I keep my German needle in between uses. Is it, is it German needle? Am I saying it right? Micro. The rolly thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, or the micro needle. On your dermis. <laughs> I just, I feel like you and I are both so skincare obsessed and also just always trying to like do the best we can. Hashtag swag bag. For this week's hashtag swag bag, this was not intentional, but it just ended up happening. We are affiliates for Pure Soul Beauty, which means we make a commission. If you use our code, we make a commission off of any of your purchases. We make it a point to only work with in affiliate programs for products that we do really truly believe in and think that they're wonderful. So we really love Pure Soul Beauty. They make conjac sponges. They make a light mask, which I really can't speak for. I don't know how potent it is. That is not one of the things Carrie and I have. They do make silk pillowcases, which are just great to have in general. Curly hair, and I've been using them for years for my curly hair to prevent frizz, but really good And just for for your skin. It's really great for your face. They make under eye patches. They make the micro needle derma roller, which really, unless you are a big old wuss like my husband, it really does not hurt. You're very gentle. You like, it does not hurt your face, but We really love their products and it's very basic what they make, but I think basic in the absolute best way. And we actually have a code for 15% off. It's Momtourage. That's all. Just Momtourage at puresoulbeauty.com. And it'll get you 15% off anything you buy on that website. Again, we are affiliates. We will make a commission and I just want to disclose that to you, but we do truly believe in these products. So I used to be a washcloth user back in the day, but then my my dermatologist was like, don't use a washcloth unless you use a new one every time it contributes to your cystic acne that I was having. And I do sometimes like, I don't use it every day, but I do sometimes like like that little extra bit that feels like exfoliation. And I, this sponge is amazing because it absolutely completely dries out and you can feel when it doesn't versus a washcloth. I feel like it feels dry, but then it's still trapping moisture or whatever. This sponge completely dries out. It gives you that like little extra bit of exfoliation. And especially when you have a day where you're wearing a lot of makeup or an extra sweaty day. Yes. It feels like, it really feels like it got the job done. And I can even take my makeup off with it and the makeup comes completely out of the sponge. I have the beige one. I haven't tried taking my makeup off with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I use face wash too. You probably couldn't tell with a detoxifying one, but I have the beige one. That's the one I have. You can see the makeup come right out so you know that it's not sticking in your sponge. Oh. And yeah, it just gives you like a little bit more of like a baby soft feel like you were using an exfoliator. Yeah. And it's super soft. And I love it. They say, they recommend you replace them every so many months. I think it's every month. But I don't use it every time. So, because I'm a poor Irish immigrant family who likes to like <laughs> lengthen the amount of use out. She stores all the old ones in, I can't believe it's not butter, <laughs> containers. And then I use them to paint my walls. Yes. To give them a nice textured patina. Exactly. But I really like it. It was great. And I'm going to look at more of their 
products and see what else I can use. But I'm into that sponge. Once again, the link for the Pure Soul products is puresoulbeauty.com. The code for 15% off is MOMTOURAGE. And this will be linked in our show notes. And you can always go to our website, momtouragepodcast.com and look under shop. We have all our affiliate programs there. Guys, it's been another great time of knowing you, but not knowing you. But also knowing you, but also not knowing you. But you know, I know myself, but I also not know myself. So who does? It's true. Anyway, have a great week. Bye. Bye. Okay. That's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Momtourage Podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Herring-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.